up, guys? My name is Leif Farneson, and you're listening to episode 31 of the Vegan Gym Podcast. My brother and I are vegan fitness coaches and bodybuilders who started this podcast as part of our mission to show the world that vegans are strong, healthy, compassionate badasses who are leading the charge against chronic disease, animal abuse, and climate change. We've had the opportunity to help thousands of vegans reach their fitness goals, but we're just getting started. Our goal is to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. So if you believe in challenging the status quo and showing the world how badass veganism really is, then this podcast is for you. With that, I'd like to introduce my brother, my co-host for this podcast, Anders. What's going on, man? Good morning, everyone. I hope you've been having a fantastic week. And uh, in the United States, guys, this week is a very big holiday, which is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. And this is by far, and I mean by far, my favorite holiday. And the reason being is because family gets together, you have good food, no presents, no nothing. It's just quality time together. And uh, that is what we're going to be doing this weekend. We're going to be going up to upstate New York with our dad's side of the family that yeah. we haven't seen in freaking years. It's been a while. Like yeah. <laughs> years. And uh, I, I, I truly wish that we would be able to see them more often. Uh, but it, it was, it's going to be so nice to catch up with them. Uh, There's just so many of them yeah, to, there to are. Like get together. <laughs> how, how, many, how many cousins do we have? 18? Uh, yeah, I think we have 18 on our dad's side. Yeah, it's pretty big. So, um, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing this weekend. We're super stoked about it. And uh, we're going to be bringing some awesome vegan food with us because yeah. they're going to have the usual Thanksgiving feast. Right. <laughs> for yeah, the, so and it, for those that don't know, that's like a, a turkey and stuffing and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what happens for most holidays, actually. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll get together. There are always, like, um, non-vegan options, and we usually have to bring our own or – Which uh, I'm like perfectly okay request with, Request ahead. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that, too. But I, I often – and I – often feel like a burden to people because like I'll show up at, at their house, even if it's not like a holiday and I'll be like, Oh, well I'm bringing all my food. And then they're like, they're, they feel, um, either like insulted because you like bring your own food or, uh, because you don't trust them to cook, which is often the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I don't want to have to like double check everything that you put into whatever food you're making. Right. And I know I'm going to have to do that. And I'm not, I can't just take your word for it because, most time, I don't. I won't really trust right. who's ever making it. Oh, this is I very trust true. them. I trust them, but they just don't know. And um, right. and I think lots of vegans have to deal with that. But, anyways, um, if you are celebrating Thanksgiving this week, you might be having a tofurkey on your table, and uh, and that's kind of what we're talking about actually in this episode. So we're going to be talking about soy, and we get asked all the time: Is soy bad for you? And that's kind of like uh, – that's a follow-up question to on um, like the vegan protein question. They're yeah. like, so uh, where do you get your protein? Like that's the number one question. And then often if you respond with anything that's a soy food, uh, which I often do, then they're going to say, well – isn't soy bad for you? Like soy's so bad for you. Why do you eat that? That's terrible. You're going to grow man boobs or whatever. And it's just like, uh, no, I'm not because soy is not bad for you. And we're going to go into a lot more detail in this episode about that. And, um, 
uh, really get into the nitty gritty on uh, all different types of things like cancer or um, isoflavones and their purported feminizing effects uh, in men in particular and stuff like that. Um, and there are actually 23 studies that we're going to be analyzing in this episode. Uh, but before we get into that, let's kind of define what exactly soy is. So soy foods uh, basically include anything that's made from soybeans, uh, which is also called edamame. Um, and this includes things like soy milk or tofu, tempeh, miso, and then also all of those uh, vegetarian meat and dairy substitutes, uh, things like tofurkey or crumbles or soy cheeses, stuff no. like that. And um, and this this is the soybeans actually quite notable for its protein quality. It's very high in protein. It also has a very high quality of protein. Um, in fact, the quality of soy protein is higher than pretty much all other plant proteins. And in many ways, its amino acid profile is similar to animal protein. So soy actually boasts a protein quality score of 0.9 on a scale of 1.0 using the digestible indispensable amino acid score methodology. Try saying uh, that five times fast. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I could, but uh, that's a ranking system that classifies protein quality of different foods. And uh, that's something that we talked about a lot in a previous podcast. Um, it was uh, episode 24. So if you want to learn more about vegan protein quality, you can go check that out. Uh, but since soy has a score of 0.9 on this protein uh, quality score uh, scale on this, this ranking system, it actually ranks well above the minimum value of 0.75 that the Food and Agriculture Organization uses to categorize high-quality proteins. So it's, it's uh, generally regarded to be a very high-quality protein source. And... Um, and like I said, if you want to learn more about uh, soy protein quality and vegan protein quality in general, you can go check out episode 24 uh, where we talk a lot about vegan protein quality. So uh, let's also – so beyond protein, soybeans are also a really good source of a variety of vitamins and minerals, uh, things like potassium, uh, which is actually really notable because uh, the intake of potassium is often suboptimal uh, in, uh, in the world, in, in people's diets. Um, and that was determined by the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey uh, that was conducted from 2003 to 2006 with a sample size of 9,500 U.S. adults. Um, so this is a wide-ranging health concern. Uh, people aren't getting enough potassium. Um, and that's actually good that soy is so high in in potassium because uh, you probably love bananas. Like we, we love bananas a lot and we eat uh, quite a few a day, but uh, they aren't necessarily as high in potassium as most people think. That was kind of like a marketing campaign that, uh, that bananas really latched onto yeah. uh, when they were trying to promote their product, uh, banana companies. Uh, but actually, uh, sweet potatoes, uh, watermelon, Swiss chard, uh, black beans, and soybeans all beat bananas in terms of protein. Uh, I'm sorry, in terms of potassium uh, content, and there are lots of other foods that beat bananas as well. 
Uh, soybeans are also relatively high in iron, which is not really surprising because vegan diets actually tend to be higher in iron than omnivorous diets, according to the EPIC uh, Oxford study that was conducted in 2003. So the uh, the EPIC Oxford study is one of the most comprehensive studies that has ever been conducted analyzing the effect of dietary patterns on health. Uh, there were uh, 65,429 men and women ages 20 to 97 years uh, that were actually included as subjects in this study. And, uh, and in this population size of the 65,000 people, uh, there were approximately 34,000 meat eaters, about 10,000 uh, pescatarians, about uh, 18,000 uh, lacto-ovo vegetarians, and about 2,600 vegans. Uh, so quite a wide range of uh, different backgrounds, different ages and stuff, and um, a, a very high-quality study. Uh, this study also found that vegans have the highest intakes of fiber, vitamin B1, folate, vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, and iron. Which is pretty crazy to think about because a lot of people come to us for questions like, how do you get iron on a vegan diet? Right. You know, and it's just like, boom, right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things like, things like soy foods are super high in yeah. iron and people don't seem to understand that. And, um, and it's, it's really important. Iron is obviously really important for, for human health. And, uh, and as you said, people think that because if you're vegan, you can't get enough iron or you only get like it that. from meats. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's simply not true as this study, uh, and, and numerous others have proven, um, so it's also, uh, it's also important to note the high calcium content, uh, in soy, uh, because that's a really important consideration because soy foods often replace foods that are, uh, generally regarded to be good sources of calcium, uh, things like cow's milk, for example. Uh, so in fact, using a crossover design, researchers at Victoria University in Melbourne, Australia, conducted two studies in 2010 to measure calcium absorption from calcium set tofu compared to dairy milk in healthy premenopausal women. And, um... And the analysis of these studies, both separately and pooled, showed that calcium absorption was similar between the tofu and the cow's milk. So, uh, so soy foods can actually be a really good replacement uh, for traditional dairy products that most people eat and have have come to see as really like the holy grail of like calcium consumption. Yeah. So most people, uh, that's why. Most people are, most kids are told to drink their milk because, oh, it's so high in calcium. It's good for your bones and stuff. And that's, Why not kids eat your tofu? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's a whole, like, another issue about, uh, about like, the health of, uh, of dairy milk. And, uh, and, of course, I would argue very strongly that dairy milk, uh, 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 cow's milk, in no way is as healthy whatsoever. Um, and the, uh, the actual effects of... Uh, like, um, like bone density, uh, from consuming 
cow's milk is really pretty controversial and uh i would that would, I would be argue, a pretty good podcast actually yeah it might Mi- be we might milk. get back into that but it, it's not really uh it's certainly not a health food so uh soy has a beat on numerous levels and if you're talking specifically about calcium uh it uh it's just as good if not better so um, so that's a little bit about the vitamins and minerals that you'll find in soy food. So, uh, so far soy is looking pretty good. Now we're going to talk about the isoflavones in soy, because these are the things that most people think, uh, uh, cause soy foods to have a feminizing effect on men. And, uh, and that's why soy actually faces quite a bit of controversy, uh, because people think that, uh, soy foods will make you grow like man boobs or something like that. And, um, and we get asked that question on a very regular basis. That's vegan probably, or meat eater, you know, yeah, it's that's just probably, like both sides. Exactly. And when I first went vegan, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, I can't eat soy products because everyone says that causes man boobs and stuff. And I don't want to grow <laughs> man boobs. And it's, it's something that's, um, that's just a total fallacy. And we're going to get into why that's, uh, that's the case. Um, but it, this all really started, uh, back in the 1990s. Uh, this, this whole soy controversy was really spawned by the dairy industry. Go go figure. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, so they basically spread misinformation about soy in the 1990s because soy milk started chipping away at their profits. And, uh, and now it's a lot worse for them, uh, thankfully, but, uh, but their campaign clearly did work because many people still fear soy quite a bit. Um, however, the consensus is abundantly clear. Soy is healthy and does not have any feminizing effects. I, I think part of the problem, and I'm just going to touch on this real quick, is like when when people come up with these things and they say, oh, soy is bad for you, they it's nobody is looking at the research, you know? It's it's just like like you for the, the dairy industry, it's just advertising. Right. Or it's like That's a, why they spend an money ar- for article ads. headline or something like, right. like that. Like people don't want to dive into the actual facts of the things and they just like read one the first sentence and they're like, Oh, I can't do that, you know? Exactly. And, and that's I think that's why um so the meat and dairy industries, they have ton, they have billions of dollars in government subsidies. Uh, they're very profitable or at least have been in the past yeah. industries. Slowly and declining though. Yeah, thankfully <laughs> we're, we're chipping away guys. We're doing work. We're, we're making this happen. So, uh, we're going to put them out of business eventually and hopefully sooner than later. But still they've had money to throw at these advertisements and stuff and really get their, their message out or their misinformation out. Right. And, um, and that's why everyone associates, uh, drinking cow's milk with having really healthy bones or being athletic because they had that whole got milk campaign, uh, with like the milk mustaches on all of these super famous athletes. Um, and you don't see like, you don't see advertisements with athletes like eating tofu (laughs) because, uh, they, the tofu industry doesn't have money to throw at stuff like that. And, um, and I think generally speaking, uh, the more that, uh, that a company has to advertise its products, uh, the worse the products are. (laughs) That is so true. Yeah. And I mean, like, what are the products that you see? I always in um in uh like tv advertising there you see lots, doritos 
<laughs> yeah, you see the Doritos, you see uh, you see milk, you see like all these sugary breakfast cereals. Ice creams. You see the ice creams, you see uh, medicine. <laughs> it seems like every other commercial is it's like, like here's some food, medicine. Here's the food you should be eating and then take these medicine, this medicine <laughs> yeah. afterwards. You're like, what? Yeah, how, <laughs> yeah that's... Oh, and uh, now watch the football game. <laughs> yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, people are like, well, it's I It's brainwashed. Need- it's brainwashing. Right. That's literally what the TV is. Yeah. They're like, how can you be healthy eating tons of soy foods? I'm just going to like drink my milk and and, uh, and eat my meat. And then I'm going to take whatever uh, medicine they tell me to take once I That's get sick. That's going to hide all my, uh, <laughs> my reactions. Right, yeah. I'm going to treat all my symptoms from this, uh, this these gross foods by just consuming tons of medicine. It's yeah, like, it's really messed that's, up. Yeah, isn't that's it? way <laughs> messed up. That's so backwards. But um, that's what that's what we face. That's what the soy industry industry faces when they're trying to um, kind of like get their product out. So um, that's that's why there is so much misinformation out there because these large industries have money to throw um, throw around and really uh, instill fear about uh, these other products and show why their products are better and. Um, and I think that uh, that we've kind of like crested that mountain and and um, we've gone to the point where lots of people are realizing that this is false. Like the, right. this information is false. All, all these hidden uh, uh, studies are coming to light, you know. Yeah. Well, not quote unquote hidden, but yeah, people they're not are finally hidden, but they're, seen for the right. first time. <laughs> they're not hidden, but they're not fueled by hundreds of millions maybe, of dollars. Maybe hidden like, by the dairy industry. You never know. Right. <laughs> Well, and there's lots of studies that are conducted that are funded by yeah, the dairy industry it, it, and the meat industries to ridiculous. to uh, to show that their products are better. And they they basically say to the researchers, "Here's a few million bucks, and uh, there's only one outcome of this study that we ever <laughs> want to see published." Yeah. It's like if you don't think that our products are really good, or you can't say that they're really good in in X Y Z respects, then don't publish, or uh, or you're fired, or something. Yeah. So yeah, that's all types of messed up. But anyways, getting back to what we're talking about, um, the isoflavones in soy belong to a class of compounds that are generally known as phytoestrogens. Um, and this is where people really get afraid because they talk about the feminizing effects of uh, of soy foods, and that's because they're talking about these phytoestrogens. Estrogens, and they're saying, well, these uh, phytoestrogens in plants they mimic um, estrogen in, in the human body, and they really uh, they cause you to they cause men in particular to create uh, female characteristics, and that's not true uh, because uh, phytoestrogens, which are basically plant uh, compounds that have estrogen-like structures, um, are actually one thousand times weaker than human estrogen and do not behave like human estrogens in our bodies. That is the missing piece that so many people just kind of gloss over or don't even know. Um, and uh, there has been uh, really only one uh, case of feminizing effects that's that's largely kind of unsubstantiated uh, that uh, that occurred as a result of soy food consumption or allegedly occurred as a result of soy food consumption. Um, and this is a, this is a kind of um, 
a story that a lot of people will point to is saying, oh, see, like soy foods, they cause like yeah, man boobs one or out of seven plus billion people on the planet. Right. <laughs> so in 2008, a 60 year old man was referred uh, to an endocrinology clinic for the evaluation of bilateral gynecomastia, which is more commonly known as man boobs. <laughs> so on further review, doctors noted that he really had no ill health effects uh, including no changes in uh, testicular size and no change in muscle mass or strength. He just kind of uh, started developing uh, small man boobs. And, uh, and ultrasounds and, uh, and different tests of his chest, abdomen, and pelvis all came back normal. So the doctors were pretty perplexed by, by all these normal findings, like he was growing some man boobs, but he seemed, uh, by all other accounts, to be very healthy. So they actually interviewed him uh, in an attempt to really find out whether any dietary or lifestyle factors were at play. And uh, he casually noted in this interview his daily intake of three quarts of soy milk per day. I, I couldn't that's, imagine. <laughs> yeah. That is so that's, much. <laughs> that's three quarters of a gallon of soy milk per day, which is ridiculous. And um, I couldn't find any research on the exact type of soy milk that he was drinking. Uh, but there are tons of high calorie like chocolate and vanilla soy milks. Uh, so if he were, if he was drinking those, he'd be getting about 1500 calories per day from soy milk. That's absurd. And, uh, and guys, if you drink that many calories from soy milk on top of your diet, then yeah, soy, soy milk might actually give you man boobs. <laughs> but, uh, but at any rate, after the 60 year old dude stopped drinking soy milk, his, uh, his breast tenderness, uh, resolved, uh, his gynecomastia, uh, really started receding and his estrogen levels returned to normal. And that's really just one, uh, single inconclusive case of any feminizing effects due to soy consumption. Now, even the title of this study that analyzed him, uh, calls it an unusual case. Uh, literally the study says like, yeah, uh, an unusual in the case title. <laughs> of gynecomastia associated with soy protein consumption. So even researchers are like, this is not normal. <laughs> right. Like most people do not drink three quarters of a gallon of soy milk. So this dude is kind of like, he's way off the spectrum in terms of like, what's normal. Um, and now also let's dig into some more hard science, uh, uh, particularly uh, about isoflavones and, and estrogen levels. Uh, so in numerous clinical studies from the Department of Nutrition at Loma Linda University in California, researchers found no effects on estrogen levels uh, have been noted where men have consumed as much as 150 milligrams per day of isoflavones. Now, each gram of soy protein in soybeans and traditional soy foods is associated with approximately 3.5 milligrams of isoflavones. So one serving of our traditional soy foods, such as, uh, such as like 100 grams of tofu or maybe 250 milliliters of soy milk, typically provides about 25 milligrams 
of uh, isoflavones. So that means that you'd have to eat about 600 grams of tofu, which is equivalent to 1.3 pounds of tofu oh or drink 1.5 <laughs> liters of soy milk, which is equivalent to about 0.4 gallons of soy milk per day to hit 150 milligrams of isoflavones in a day. Yeah, good luck, so, guys. <laughs> so basically what we're saying here is uh, these researchers found no effects on estrogen levels uh, where men who have been consuming soy foods have been eating as much as 150 milligrams per day of isoflavones, and it's very, very difficult to even eat that much uh, soy food, like 1.3 pounds of tofu per day. That's a heck of a lot, or uh, or 0.4 gallons, almost half a gallon of soy milk. Like that's a lot of soy food to be consuming in a day. Furthermore, a 2010 meta-analysis evaluated the data from 15 different placebo-controlled trials of soy foods, soy protein, or isoflavone supplements. The studies measured several indicators of testosterone levels, including total testosterone and free testosterone. And these studies reported no significant effects uh, on men's testosterone levels, estrogen levels, or sperm quality from consuming soy food, soy protein, or isoflavone supplements. Several subsequent studies conducted by Harvard Medical School in partnership with universities in Germany, the UK, and Japan have reached very similar conclusions. And just to be clear, most dietary estrogen actually comes from dairy, egg, and meat products. Like Spoiler most people, alert. <laughs> most people don't talk about this. Everyone's worried about the phytoestrogens in uh, in plant foods, and nobody's talking about the estrogens, or at least no meat eaters are talking about the <laughs> estrogens that are actually in animal products. Dietary exposure to natural sex steroids uh, such as estrogen and testosterone in meat, dairy, and eggs is really highly relevant in the discussion of the impact of estrogens on human development and health. In fact, a German study in 1994 found that dairy milk products account for 80% of ingested progesterone and 60 to 70% of ingested estrogen. They also found that plant foods account for less than 10% of all ingested dietary estrogen. These figures have been confirmed in many other more recent dietary studies. And unlike soy phytoestrogens, animal estrogens actually do mimic human estrogen in our bodies. So if you're a guy and you want to grow man boobs, your best bet is to actually consume a lot of dairy products like milk, cheese, ice cream, and whey protein shakes, not by eating tofu and other soy foods. So the bottom line is that soy foods do not have feminizing effects on men. That has been disproven through the past few decades of scientific research. So is soy bad for your health? That's the next thing that we're going to really cover because we've learned that the protein quality is quite high. We've learned that, uh, that there's really no feminizing effects from soy foods on guys in particular. So now uh, let's look at the proven health benefits of soy food consumption. Now, over the past 25 years, soy foods have been rigorously investigated for their role in chronic disease prevention and treatment. So there is evidence, for example, that soy foods actually reduce the risk of coronary heart disease and breast and prostate cancers. 
So in addition, soy actually alleviates hot flashes and may favorably affect renal function, alleviate depressive symptoms, and also improve skin health. So let's take a look at the research. Since estrogen actually causes breast cancer cells to proliferate and cumulative estrogen exposure increases breast cancer risk, there has long been concern that the isoflavones in soy foods actually promote breast cancer. However, in Asian countries where soy is a dietary staple, the prevalence of breast cancer is much lower than in the United States. This paradox fueled careful analysis through hundreds of scientific studies. The findings of these hundreds of studies have conclusively proven without a shadow of a doubt that soy consumption does not increase breast cancer risk. In fact, the research suggests that soy intake helps protect against initial breast cancer development, breast cancer recurrence, and breast cancer mortality as seen in a 2006 study from John Hopkins School of Medicine. A 2008 review from researchers at the Keck School of Medicine showed that women who consume one cup of soy milk per day, which is equivalent to 250 milliliters of soy milk per day, or half a cup of tofu per day, which is also equivalent to 100 grams of tofu per day, had a 30% lower risk of developing breast cancer versus women who avoid soy. Soy has also been shown in many studies to reduce the risk of recurrence in breast cancer survivors. A recent study in 2017 conducted at Tufts University examined 6,235 breast cancer survivors and found that women who consumed the most soy had a 21% lower risk of all-cause mortality over the 113-month study duration, which is approximately 9.4 years, compared with the low-soy consumers. In a 2009 meta-analysis conducted by researchers at Yonsei University, higher soy intake was associated with a 26% decrease in prostate cancer risk. Asian population studies in 2009 conducted by the USDA in partnership with several Chinese research institutions demonstrated that higher soy consumption is associated with as much as a 50% reduction in prostate cancer risk. And as we discussed earlier, soy estrogens do not have any feminizing effects on men when consumed at reasonable, even high levels of intake. In the United States, cancer ranks second on the list of leading causes of death. And since prostate cancer is the most common cancer among men, you might consider consuming soy to lessen your risk of developing prostate cancer. Soy has also been linked to a decrease in the risk of lung cancer from a 2011 study from the Shanghai Cancer Institute. Soy has also been linked to a decrease in stomach cancer from a 2011 study from the National Cancer Research Center of South Korea. And soy has also been linked to a decrease in colorectal cancer rates in a 2010 study from the United States Department of Agriculture. Soy is also beneficial for your cardiovascular health as soy lowers blood pressure and LDL cholesterol, as found in a 1995 study from the Metabolic Research Group in 
Lexington, Kentucky. So as you can see, uh, soy is abundantly healthy. It actually helps you uh, to lower your risk of coronary heart disease and also lower your risk of developing breast cancer or prostate cancer and uh, things like stomach cancer, lung cancer, colorectal cancer. So soy is abundantly healthy and you don't have to worry about any detrimental effects due to soy consumption. So now that you know that you can eat soy foods, let's talk about another major concern that lots of people have when they're considering consuming soy, and that's genetically modified soy foods. So many people are concerned about the prevalence of genetically modified soy, um, and at first glance, the fear does seem to be quite justified. According to the USDA, a whopping 94% of soy crops grown in the United States are genetically modified. But while 94% of soy crops grown in the U.S. are genetically modified, an astounding 98% of these soy crops become animal feed. That means that the vast majority of genetically modified soy is actually used to feed chicken, pigs, and cattle, which is then consumed by the omnivores who worry about eating GM soy directly. This goes, it doesn't make any this, sense. This goes back to like looking at the fur, uh, further information about the, those headlines you read, okay? Right. Like, yeah, this, it's one this, thing to see the catchy headline or the catchy advertisement. It's like 94% but, is GMO. It's like, um, oh my look, goodness. look underneath that. I though. don't want to eat the GM soy. Uh, guess what? You're not unless you're an omnivore because yeah. all that GM soy is going to feed the animals that you then consume and then go to ask as you're munching on the burger that has GM soy in it. You're asking a vegan uh, about soy products. Isn't that unhealthy for you? So it doesn't make any sense. As a vegan, it's actually super, super simple to avoid GM soy. Uh, but for most omnivores, however, it's a different story. Yeah, it's in every piece of meat. <laughs> right. Well, not every piece, but but the it's it's in a lot of like factory farmed uh, farmed meat, and um, and so that's that's all another discussion. But anyways, uh, you do not have to worry about GM soy. Uh, just look for the organic label on uh, soy products, and you'll know that it's not genetically modified. So uh, like most other plant foods, the healthiest choices when it comes to soy food are really the ones that are minimally processed. So things like the meat substitutes and the soy bars or the soy yogurts or, or the soy protein powders, they usually only contain soy protein isolates rather than uh, the nutrition from the entire soybean. And just as other processed foods are lower in nutrient density, removing the protein from the soy foods uh, from the other enzymes and bacteria that are needed for digestion uh, really affects the nutritional quality and the bioavailability of soy. So you should really choose uh, minimally processed organic soy products. And, um, and that's really all that you need to know when it comes down to choosing the right soy products for you. So that's going to be a wrap for the podcast. Uh, if you found this episode to be super valuable, please show your support by smashing that subscribe button. Um, also reviewing the podcast and sharing this episode with a friend, uh, especially a friend who might be a soy hater and, and needs uh, some more research on the soy. Uh, but it's um, yeah, it's really important for other people to know about this because uh, this is a major this is another major roadblock that keeps a lot of people from right. adopting a vegan lifestyle. Yeah. So, also, uh, we have a special announcement. You want to talk about our special announcement? Yeah, dude. Uh, well, two things, actually. One, 
thanks for taking the lead on this podcast, dude. Like you did a stellar job, man. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> for you. Reading all those studies and stuff. Um, and two guys, we have uh, new apparel launching this Black Friday. Um, this is going to be our biggest launch ever. Yes. So the the apparel's already on the website, but we're going to have a a uh, discount on Black Friday through Cyber Monday, okay? And that's going to be for forty percent off on all our apparel on our site. So. You better be following uh, at the Vegan Gym on Instagram, uh, following us on Facebook, and then also following Vegan Gym Gear on Instagram because that is where we're going to be posting all of those codes that you can use for that percentage yeah. off. Okay, and uh, the website is vegangymgear.com, so you can go check out uh, to see if there are any products that you're interested in purchasing uh, when they go on discount uh, later this week. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else? Uh, the apparel is limited guys. So it's if, super if, limited. If you actually. want something yeah. like this is make sure that you get it this weekend. Right. <laughs> yeah. We all have it all in our apartment right now and our apartment's pretty cramped, but, uh, but I'm thinking we're going to sell through all of it. So if you want some of that stuff, be sure that you're following us and, um, and, uh, jump, uh, jump on that right when, uh, we launched the discount. So thank you guys so much. We hope that you have a freaking fantastic week. Uh, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope that you have a wonderful time with, uh, with close family and friends. Enjoy your tofurkey. If, if that's what you do, <laughs> knowing that soy products are not bad for you, um, or maybe some more minimally processed soy foods that might even be better. But Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope uh, that you have an awesome week. And uh, until we talk next time, keep challenging the freaking status quo.